boy, I tell you, uh, what do you do when your heart is beating out of your chest, amen? <laughs> it's good to be able to, to uh, be in the Jubilee this year uh, and uh, to be able to hear the great preaching and to be able to see folks. And, and uh, it's encouraging to see so many people that are serving the Lord somewhere else, amen? amen. Sometimes it's uh, easy as independent Baptists to uh, kind of get isolated and you kind of get separated from one another, and you forget what God's doing in other places, amen? And uh, you're not the only one doing what you're doing. There's a lot of people still standing by the book, amen? Acts chapter number 20, if you'd open your Bibles there this morning, Acts chapter number 20, Brother Aaron just went, uh, I'm, I'm glad he didn't go any further with what he was preaching on this one point, because he was about to preach my message, amen? Uh, thank God for that, amen? Acts chapter number 20, I'd like you to start reading with me here in verse 19. Acts chapter number 20, verse 19, the Bible says this, Serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks repentance toward God, and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. And here's the epitome, if I think of dedication, I think of verse 24 as the epitome of dedication for the Christian life. He says, but none of these things move me, Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Father, we pray your blessing upon the word at this time. Lord, give me clarity of thought. I pray Jesus Christ get all the glory and honor out of it. In his name I pray. Amen. I want to pose to you today that on the topic of dedication, I think there's more to dedication than just saying I'm going to be something or I'm going to do something. I believe dedication is something that is uh, fashioned, something that is shaped inside of a believer. Uh, it's more to, you have New Year resolutions. Folks say they're going to do all kinds of things and be the type of a person they want to be. We have different people in our life. I would say that you have mentors in your life. You have friends in your life uh, that you seek to emulate, people that you want your life to be patterned after. And I would tell you today that if any of those people that, that you highly regard in your life, and our preacher here, he's one that I would say uh, we all seek to be able to emulate, amen. And he's had people in his life as well, and, and guys like Dr. Ruckman and things. But you know, one of the things that's consistent across all of those role models in our life is the fact that they have all gone through very hard things. And I believe dedication, in order for dedication, the right spirit of dedication, more than just a bunch of Christians that are willing to get up and talk about what they want to be versus performing and following through with who they want to be and being dedicated to the Lord. It's more than just uh, uh, going after uh, uh, saying a certain thing or doing a certain thing. It is about doing the hard thing. I don't believe you get to verse 24 without going through verse 19. And in verse 19, you see hard things that Paul had to go through that shaped the attitude of dedication 
in verse number 24. Yes, he was dedicated in verse 19, but man, that thing came to its fullness there in verse 24 because Paul said, I'm willing to go through something hard for the Lord. And that hard thing might be different for anyone in here today. Those that are older in their years, the hard thing for you is going to be different than some of us who are maybe in Bible school or some of us who are uh, uh, maybe middle-aged folks and young families or newly saved individuals. It's different for everyone, but the point is, is that today there is something before each and every one of us that is a hard thing for us to do. Can I just leave you with this thought today, which is go after that which is hard for God. When you're presented with those challenges, the things that you're afraid of, because you have to remember in the day in which we live in Laodicea, we have a tendency to seek after the easy things. We have a tendency to go after the comfortable things. That's why uh, uh, you see the church in Revelation 3 is rich and increased with goods and hath need of nothing, but reality is they didn't know what they really needed, which was Jesus Christ. And so what I want to put before you today, guys, is the fact that we have to be careful to not always chase that which is easy. Because sometimes what the Lord is seeking to do in our life is hard. And he's going to put us through hard times. You know, Paul said there, to serve the Lord with all humility of mind. I think there's importance to that because I think it reminds us of the fact that none of us are above doing the hard thing. None of us are above having to go through hard times. It doesn't matter how long you've been at this thing with the Lord. I know we know that, but don't you kind of feel like when you get presented with a challenging situation, whether it's in your church or whether it's in your home or whether it's with relationships in your life or whether it's out in the world, uh, don't you kind of sometimes feel like you've gotten a bum rap from God? You kind of look at him like, hey, what, what in the world? Why is this happening to me? But you, you and I all know that we're supposed to face hard things, yet we feel surprised when they come to our doorstep. Because we're Americans and we feel entitled and we feel like we deserve better than all the other believers that are in the world standing by the word of God. Listen, the hard thing for us is going to be different than paying 30 cents more at the gas pump. The harder thing, there's harder things out there that the American Christian is going to have to face than a couple hundred dollars extra at the grocery store or having to come to church on a Sunday night service. I mean, let's face it, guys. We don't know what it means to have to go through hard things for Jesus Christ. And that's the reason why, because of inflation, you think it's hard because you have to pay 8% on a new mortgage today. That's not your hard thing, guys. That's not really where the battle lies. But sometimes we can get distracted with what the hard thing really is. And you know what it is? Serving the Lord. And being able to understand that if you're gonna, you and I are going to do anything for the Lord Jesus Christ in this life, it's going to be hard. If you are the type of a Christian that seeks after that which is easy... I can guarantee you this, it will not involve service to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the servant's not greater than his Lord, and if he had to endure a contradiction of sinners against himself, and you and I haven't yet resisted, unto, uh, resisted sin uh, unto blood, striving against sin, Hebrews 12, 
our Savior's a pattern that uh, you're going to do something for Jesus Christ, you're going to go through something hard for him. But the hardness, guys, is what shapes our character to be dedicated unto God. It will change who you are as a person when you're willing to volunteer yourself for something hard that's for God. And so when you see opportunities in the church to serve, or when sometimes as pastors we see something before us that we know we have to do in our church, decisions that God is leading us down, and we know we're going to catch flack for it, but it's what the Lord wants us to do. Understand, it's hard, yes, but it's shaping our character because the hard thing that you're willing to do today is what enables you to keep doing the right thing tomorrow. If you're willing to do the hard thing today, if you seek after the easy way all the time, then, friend, you're not going to probably remain faithful unto the very end. You want to know how I know that? Because it's harder to finish than it is to start. And if you're not willing to do the hard thing, you'll have a hard time finishing for Jesus Christ. Uh, I know this. I know that when it comes to shaping character, Paul says there in verse number 24, he says, uh, "For uh, but none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself. And boy, does doing the hard thing shape your character. I, as a child, man, I was raised in church. I was saved at five years old. I thank God that I have a testimony that isn't one that experienced the world full force, that I had the privilege of being raised in a Christian home, but I still had flesh and I still had sin and I still had problems. Amen. I'm not any better than anyone else just because I was raised in a Christian home. Uh, but the fact is this, my mom knew. My mom passed away when I was 17 years old, but she knew as a young boy, she saw flaws in my character. I was a lazy young boy. Boy, I would always seek for the easy way out. Uh, they say that uh, uh, choose a lazy person to do a hard job because a lazy person will find an easy way to do it. And uh, I, I was that way. I was always looking for the shortcut. I was always looking for which is the, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line and that's absolutely true and when I have something hard in front of me I'm always seeking the fastest way to get it done but that isn't always the way God sees the journey amen there's a path in the wilderness and you say Lord I thought I was going to the promised land and it's quick just to go a straight line from the promised land here from the wilderness that I'm in but the Lord says yeah but there's a whole lot of learning about me and about you that needs to happen first so we're going to kind of go on a little bit of a journey here, and then we'll finally get to the destination that we're supposed to be. Uh, but I understood as a child that I, was, I had a lazy streak inside of me, and my mother knew that. Lord knew I was going to have 17 years with that woman because she drilled into me within 17 years what most of you get in a lifetime. And uh, she told me, I'd sit there, she would just give me a task. You know, guys, when we cleaned our house, we cleaned our house. I mean, it was like, you don't just take the vacuum cleaner and butt it up to the furniture and keep going. No, no, you pull the whole couch out of the way, you vacuum underneath the couch, you push the couch back, take all the cushions off that couch, and you get that little corner piece and you start sucking in all around the edges, you know. I'm glad I'm not the only one that went through that, amen. 
Some of you are like, we don't even clean our house. What are you talking about? You need to dedicate that home to the Lord, amen? <laughs> All right, now, now let me say this. You ever get to that place when you're cleaning that room, you got that vacuum cleaner, you go into the corner and you clean the whole room, but you get to that spot and the cord just isn't long enough and it's that last corner and the tendency is, I'll get it next week, you know? Well, I, I would have to, mom would always come back and check. She'd look for those lines on the carpet. Did you vacuum over there? No, I didn't, mom. Get the whole room, do it all over again. So I naturally thought, well, it'd be a whole lot easier to get the whole house on one floor if I had one of those long extension cords so I wouldn't have to keep moving the plug to every outlet. You know what I'm saying? Hey, Mom, you mind if I get that orange cord over there and just plug it up to the vacuum? I could get the thing a whole, done a whole lot easier, a whole lot quicker. No. Well, Mom, it's just an orange cord. What's the problem with that? No. Don't want you to plug in that extension cord. Okay, Mom. Then my brother, who I swear to this day was the favorite child of the family. I don't know what that was. My brother would walk up there, and he'd have to vacuum a different floor. Hey, Mom, can I use the extension cord? I need to go ahead and vacuum that floor up there. Yeah, son, go ahead. I'm like, Mom, what are you doing? You just told me no. You gave him permission. Well, that's because he was a disciplined individual. He was already willing in many areas of his life. He was the one that was motivated. He was a self-driver. He'd get up at 6 o'clock in the morning to do his school. He'd be done by 12. He'd be working a second job. He'd be doing Civil Air Patrol. And he was doing all kinds of stuff, man. My mom knew just the small little things, looking for the easy way out all the time. She knew there's a character flaw in my boy, and I've got to get that out of him. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to make him do something in a, in a more difficult and challenging way so I can make his character better. You know, sometimes you and I are looking at the scenario that God has us in and we're saying, Lord, it'd be a lot easier if. And the Lord says, yeah, but I'm losing the shaping of your character if I just give you the easy way out. And what the Lord's going to do in your life in order for you to have your character to the place where you can say, I'm dedicated to God. You know what he's going to say? Well, then we're going to have to do some things the hard way in order for you to finish. Because finishing's much harder than starting. I'm thankful for a mother that must have had the foresight and a father. I don't want to leave him out of it, but, you know, moms are with us all day long. They see us for who we are. But uh, doing right now is harder than it ever has been for us Americans. I believe it's, it's getting worse and worse, more difficult as the days go on. There's a whole lot more pressure on pastors to make it easier on their people. You know what this building is? What us being able to have this service here in this room, you know what it is? It's a testimony of somebody and these people that were willing to do the hard thing to prepare to have this place even ready for us. And sometimes I know we're, we're pastors from other parts of the country, and you know what? We can sometimes look at this and we can say, man, wouldn't it be a, a blessing if one day, you know, God saw fit to do that wherever we may be. This church is a great role model that there is still fruit to be had in Laodicea. If 
you are willing to do the hard thing. And if you're not willing to do the hard thing and to work for what the field God has put in front of you, then, friend, you won't have the fruit to be able to show. There's still fruit to be had in Laodicea. There's still people looking for truth. But they need people who are willing to do the hard thing. Those are the ones that will finish. Amen? Praise the Lord. All right.